0: Hello my friend. Before we start this amazing episode, I want to invite you to the personal Patreon page of this podcast. If you love what's being done here and want to keep the podcast and the meditations free to the public, then you can come on over to our brand new community on Patreon and donate $11.11 a month and All proceeds will go towards keeping this free, keeping this going. Plus, we'll be building a community together, and I'll give you bonus material. You can explore this option in the description of this podcast, or just go to patreon.com slash Dr. Reese. Let's begin. Welcome to Inner Peace with Dr. Reese. A program that can help you become
1: liberated in the modern world. Now, here's your host, Dr. Kevin W. Reese.
0: So is it possible to go from crack cocaine all the way to Christ? Welcome to episode number 104. Today... I have the pleasure of talking to an old friend of mine, Jerry Williams. Jerry currently is a radio host on WIHS, a Christian radio station here in Hartford, Connecticut. But a few decades ago, he was engulfed in the street life of Oakland, California as a crack addict, a thief, and a sex addict. So how does this type of transformation happen? At this time, I want to ask you to sit down and relax and take in this beautiful and valuable recording. Let's begin. Jerry, welcome to the podcast.
1: Thanks for having me.
0: So Jerry, as the story goes, back in Oakland, many many years ago you were as a young man you were interested in radio you approached the radio personality that you were you know fond of and you were about to go into that business but you were sort of swept up by the crack epidemic back then in the 80s what happened
1: and oh what an epidemic it was before crack i was a user of snorting powder And when crack hit, I kind of was like, I don't do that. You know, I snort, you know, kind of like a connoisseur. So I kind of looked down on crack users. And so me and my best friend, Mickey, we just went and hung out at the horse races that day. Came back to the, uh, the apartment of the friend of my friend's cousin. But the friend was a drug dealer, uh, 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 she sold powder. I didn't know, we didn't know that, you know, so we're, we're there having a conversation in the evening, the four of us at the kitchen table and the and this, I forget her name, this this young lady starts bringing out powder and uh, rocking it up and they're smoking it. But, and they knew that I was the one that didn't smoke crack and so she would always pull out pull a section of powder from me while they rocked the rest of it up and they did the smoking and I did the snorting. Well, hours went by into the middle of the night. They're very talkative and everything and and I was starting to nod off And but I noticed something different about them and finally, I don't know, somewhere in the middle of the night, I said, you know what, let me just try that. Just, I'll try it. After hours went by and I, and I did and I wish I hadn't mm. uh, because it, it was on from there, a 12-year run from that one hit. Yeah. And
0: how uh, old how old are you when you took that one hit?
1: In my, i say my in my twenties. We're talking mid eighties. Yeah. You know, uh, around the time when crack hit and uh went on a 12-year run of crack alcohol pornography was my breakfast, lunch, and dinner. Because it all went hand in hand, that whole life of debauchery, you know, crack, the sex, the pornography. And, and I did everything short of killing somebody to get that next hit.
2: Mm-hmm. I
1: was in and out of jail like a revolving door for those 12 years. Um, it was like a dog trying to chase his tail. That he, and you see a dog go in circle, circles trying to chase his tail, and he never grabs it. In other words, you're trying to cap- recapture that first feeling when you took that first hit. Yeah. You get a sensation, but it was nothing like the first hit. You know what I mean?
0: And, and your your dream of being a radio personality went to the wayside because of this addiction, right?
1: Went by the wayside. And um, as a matter of fact, the guy that inspired me to get into radio, it took him too. an iconic broadcaster in the bay area that everybody knew and and this brother was the smooth evening drive host and between this new music it was it was smooth jazz between this new music that i became in love with and this smooth you know host in the in the evening drive time i had this like epiphany that's what i want to do that's me i want to be in that world yeah i put myself in a two-year uh college. It was Chabot College, but they were known. They had a great reputation for having a great radio, television, and communication program. Hmm. So I put myself in that, and I lived in the radio room, you know, in, the, in at the radio station. They had two campus radio stations, and me and a few other guys, we were like radio junkies, always practicing, hitting the post, and all this stuff. Yeah. And um, I remember, and so I put myself there, and I remember one one day, this radio host, he was Monday through Friday, well, he was working a rare Saturday. And i was like, wow, what is he doing on a Saturday? I said, you know what, I'm gonna get up the, get up the Courage and catch a 45 minute bus ride from Oakland to Berkeley, that's where the station was in Berkeley, and go knock on the door, ring the buzzer, whatever it is, and meet this guy. And I met him. And uh, told him the whole backstory and love the station, love your delivery. Because of you, I I want to do this. And I'm in school at Chabot College, which was in Hayward, California, which is only about 20 minutes down the highway from Oakland. And he said, I live in Hayward. I'm like, wow. And uh, so I would call him every now and then. You think you could get me in with an internship? He said, well, there's no internships available now. You know, after a few calls, he said, no, no, no. But then he became program director, which has hiring and firing power. So he got me, pulled me in. He would even take me home. Oh, wow. This was not, internships are usually uh, non-paid. This was a paid internship at a radio station that I had dreams of working for. Yeah. And this guy that I admired got me in. So I'm living, yeah.
0: You're on your way.
1: On my way.
0: Until I hit a hit of crack.
1: Until I hit a crack. And then your life a life, well, first it started with him. He started using crack. I used to, it was sad. Watch this iconic, well-known broadcaster who I'm psyched about. I'm, he pulled me in the station. He would even take me home because I didn't have a car. I watched him go from high up to selling albums. See, back then, we were using albums. Yeah. Selling albums out of the station for crack. That's how sad it was. And so I was snorting then. But then, you know, I had my experience with it as well and then it took me two
0: hmm. and
1: so we're talking mid 80s and so like I said I went on a 12 year run after that
0: what was the first experience going to jail?
1: Wow yeah I, it's I would have to think back really hard the first one because it, I was in and out so many times my first experience going to jail was for like petty things petty thefts I started going to jail for petty theft stealing things. And then that elevated to robberies. Then I started going to jail for robberies, robbing stores, then forgery and fraud. It just elevated. Uh, so a lot of petty thefts, receiving stolen properties, forgery and fraud. It was always doing eight months here, six months there, four months here, another eight months there. You know, if you get sentenced to a year in county time, you do eight months on a year. So I, I did three of those at three different times during that 12-year run, three, eight-month, you know, junks. But the rest of them were like six months, four months, 90 days, just in and out, in and out. I never made it to prison. Lord Lord knows I did enough to go to prison, but they kept giving me county time, county time, county time. But I was in jail with the prisoners that were on their way to prison. You know, if you're on your way to prison, you're usually doing your court time while you're going back and forth to court you're in the county jail
0: right,
1: yeah and they sentence you then they ship you off to prison so we're all mingled together you know folks that's doing jail time county time ver- with the you're all mixed up with the people there that are on their way to prison so it was a zoo and I just remembered you know feeling so depressed like I'm better than this and and just because of this stuff you you' it was a bondage that you felt powerless to get out of, you know what I mean? It would, the, the stronghold was so powerful that you would do anything, just about anything. And some people did. Some people went as far as killing people to get that next hit or to rob that person yeah. to get bundle. You know, and thank God I, I did. Like I guess, thank God I didn't get to the point of violence, but I would hurt you in other ways, like take your money, you know, lie to you. Uh, Deceive you, you know yeah. everything short of killing people, and because I never was a violent person,
0: and, and you're on that, the uh, you're on the West Coast where I mean it hit hard.
1: Yes, right in my neighborhood. In fact, it my it hit my, my my mom. It took my mom first. I used to see my mom in the house, and it used to sadden me with her, you know, with her eyes wide and paranoid. And I, I never forget seeing her early in the morning, get in the car, and go right down the street, park, and go to the drug dealers, get what she got, got back in the car and drove right back. She didn't see me, see her, but I saw that and I was like, oh my goodness, it, it, you know? And so that, that was tough. That was right before I started, Man. you know? And so, you know, and, and drugs was a problem in my entire family. My father was a heroin addict. He died of a heroin overdose. Mm-hmm. Um, my mom, you know, went through her, her drug phase and my brother, my only sibling, he when I left California in 2002, uh, he was on heroin. I don't know if he's dead or alive. Oh. You know, So I lost my mom and my dad in the 90s, my grandmother in the 90s, and my brother was on heroin when I left, so I don't know if he's still alive. But I'm here on the East Coast, three, on the East Coast, 3,000 miles away.
0: So, Jerry, I remember this story you told me where somewhere in the middle of your 12-year crack run, you had this feeling of you were going to quit. So you wanted to go out with a bang. Yes. And you drove you drove outside of your area.
1: That's right.
0: To go steal was it some computers? A computer. A computer which is fairly new at the time <laughs> and you were going to sell that get some drugs and go out with a bang and quit the next morning. That That's was the right. plan. that was the plan.
1: Oh, it took me a couple of days before I got. It. it wasn't like after an hour and a half I saw it, came right back. No, because everything wasn't set up right. It wasn't available, so I had to camp out in Santa Cruz for a couple of days hmm.
2: before
1: I was able to get the computer. Got hmm. the computer, broke into the place, got it. Got a few other things while I was inside the place. Put it in the Mercedes. Now it's time to get drive back to Oakland. Hour and a half late. Uh, hour and a half away. Two days later, hmm. in the middle of the night, I don't know, midnight, I'm on the Pacific Pacific One, Pacific Coastline, Highway One, hugs the Pacific Coastline. I had ocean on my left, wilderness on my right, hour and a half to go, I'm hauling, in the, about be hovering between 90 and 105 miles an hour. You know, 90 and 100, I'm just going, because I'm the only one on the road. So I look at my, you know, you check your rear view mirror every now and then, I see some high beams way back, I should be losing him, but I'm not. He's kind of keeping up with me, but about a mile away. Hmm. And I said, I wonder if this is a cop or somebody just on the road racing. So I I just broke it down a little bit, you know, got off the gas pedal. It's it's getting closer. It's getting closer. Now I'm thinking, okay, if this is a cop, am I going to pull over? I'm going to try to outrun him in this 450 SL. Sure enough, as he's getting closer, the lights come on. Okay, Here we go. (laughs) <laughs> and uh, I'm in the middle of wilderness, and of course he gets out of the car and he sees, uh, you know, everything in the car. And what they do is they check the plate. Sure enough, it came back stolen. My friend had reported the car stolen. Get out of the car. Put your hands behind your back. Now I'm 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 in route to a I'm in a county that I'm not accustomed to.
0: Right, you're I mean, out of you're I'm out of your area. I'm
1: out of my area. Yeah. And so here I am in San Mateo County. I'm used to going to jail in Alameda County. So there I am in this jail and I'm just reflecting guys walking around. I don't know anybody. Usually you go to jail where you're familiar with, you know, some guys from the hood. Yeah. What's up, Carl? What's up, man? What my five hours, man? You know, that sort of thing. <laughs> yeah. So uh, I remember that time, Remember I had that fight back in elementary school. You know, you know cats. You bust me in my eye, man. Let, let, let me bust you in your eye. Let you know yeah. you know, that's it. So I don't know anybody. But I'm reflecting on my life and how in the last six years, all the craziness that I had gone through in and out of jail, near death situations, um, the depths, the low that I had sunk to, the things that I'd done, the shameful things, uh, committing abominations, even. And thinking how I'm much better than that, you yeah. know, you, you're wasting your life. And 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 remember your father. Your father was a cautionary tale. He overdosed on heroin. Here you are on crack. Your yeah. brother's on heroin. Your yeah. mom, you know. I'm like, I don't want to go out like this. So I said, if I keep going the way I'm going, my life is self-destructing. I'm a self-destruct. If I keep going in in down that path that I'm going. Um, so that's when I finally had my, what must I do to be saved conversation with the Lord? Mm. I never had a real conversation to try to talk to God or anything. And so there I was talking to God for the first time ever with a earnest heart, a serious heart. I was serious. And I said, I know, I know I need to be saved because if I don't, I'm going to kill myself somewhere in that jailhouse Bible. I know it'll tell me how to be saved. And this is the funny part. I said, but God, I don't want to have to read the entire Bible to know. (laughs) That's what I said to God. I did. And immediately when I said that around that time, I'm thinking this and saying this to God quietly as these men are walking around, he dropped in my conscience, my spirit, Romans. Romans. Hmm. And I began, and I I'm like Romans. It was hard in my spirit. Romans. I don't know anything about Romans. I think I heard about Romans.
0: You 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 got I, a little you got a little download.
1: June, Romans just hmm. impressed in my spirit hard. I don't know anything about Romans. I believe I heard about Romans. So I grabbed the Bible. Now there are 66 books in the Bible. Romans is just one of the 66. And um, so I grabbed the Bible and I thumb through it and found Romans and I begin to read. And that's where you'll find. God's word talking about the sin nature. Hmm. And it began to tell me about myself and what's going on. You know what I mean? The bondage of the flesh and the sinful nature. And and I read things that I never heard before and it was giving me an understanding. And so I read the first chapter, the second chapter, the third chapter, the fourth chapter, and I'm fascinated at what I'm reading. God is educating me. And then I was so fascinated that I had forgot the original question to God how do I get saved?
2: Hmm.
1: So by the time you get to the 10th chapter, that's where you'll see the word is near you, even in your mouth, that with the heart one believes under righteousness and with the mouth confession is made unto salvation, that if you confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in your heart that God has raised him from the dead, you shall be saved. I was like, Bam. <laughs> I was like, "Whoa!" And and and, and it, yeah. remember, I told you for ten chapters. I forgot what I. I was so fascinated with what I was reading that I forgot my original question: How do you get saved? So yeah. when I read that, it brought me back. Oh, there it God, is. God, you heard, you heard me.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: You heard my humble cry. So I, I when I read that, I stood up like this. I was like, "Oh shoot! God heard me." He just showed me. It's a confession of faith in what Christ did on the cross. And I look back down at the passage and I read it again. I said, I believe that if you confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you shall be saved. Oh. For whosoever can, whosoever calls on the name of the Lord, they shall be saved. That's what it reads in Romans chapter 10, starting at verse nine. And I was like, wow, and I'm blown away. I'm like, God, you took me right where I needed to be in the Bible. It wasn't no man, no nothing. Cause I called on him with an earnest heart. He saw that I was ready. And so he gave me that insight that, that what I needed.
0: This is what I like to call God moments.
1: Yes. And I was having and men walking all around me and I'm having this serious moment and he's meeting me in the midst of all this chaos. <laughs> and I remember feeling myself begin to cry and I, stood up and I walked over to the jail bars and I put my head down and I wept with thanksgiving that God heard my cry. He let me know that he heard me and he filled me with his presence. I had never felt that before. Now, here's the thing. This is where I received. Now I'm saved. I got my name written in the Lamb's Book of Life by way of my confession of faith in Christ finishing work on the cross. I believe in the resurrection. I believe what he did. He nailed nailed on the cross. He was the sacrificial lamb, taking away the sins of the world. If you confess him as Lord, and boom, it happens immediately. Now, you're a new person in Christ, you're a baby. The Bible says a man who repeats his folly is like a dog that returns to his vomit. A lot of us have seen dogs vomit and then lick it up. Not everybody, but I've seen that before. But that's written in the Bible. So when I got released, when I received Christ, I was like a dog that returned to his vomit. I went right back out there and, and picked up where I left off. Mm-hmm. You see what I'm saying? So it was another five years of in and out. And I had the fear of God, too. I mean, first of all, when you're a crack at it, you have a natural paranoia and fear for all the wrong that you're doing. When you get this, you get your little stuff and you go hold yourself up in a motel and you're doing your stuff, you're paranoid. First of all, you're paranoid if the cop's going to break in the door. You're paranoid over somebody that you burned, saw you go into the hotel or the motel, and they're going to kick you in the door and, and shoot you. You're, bur- you're paranoid over all kinds of things. Whether you, are you going to uh, catch AIDS from somebody that you've been with?
2: Yeah.
1: Are you going to catch a knife from someone trying to rob you? I mean, just just the paranoia. But this time, it was different. After I received Christ, it went right back out there. I had the fear of God on top of all my other paranoia.
2: Because hmm.
1: I knew I had a real experience. And I'm thinking, is God going to rub me out?
2: <laughs> <laughs>
1: but no. That's why I said I've experienced the mercy and the grace and the long suffering of God. Because he, he, the Bible says the spirit is willing, but the flesh is weak. Yeah. So he knew my process. He knew God knows all. He's omnipotent. He's omniscient and he's omnipresent. He knows all. He knew he knew that I was going to struggle, but he kept me in spite of myself. So it was another five years of paranoia and fear of God going in and out of jail until March of 97. I got arrested for forgery and fraud. But this time when I got arrested, I felt rescued instead of arrested because, you know, five, minutes, five years earlier, I had received Christ. And so I was feeling horrible even more horrible about myself so I didn't try to plea bargain try to you know get a better deal I didn't care how much time they gave me I was just happy to get it I felt like I was getting the God was giving me another chance by sitting me down mm. so this time this is where they gave me a year and I did eight months on the year and this is where I said this time I'm gonna read the Bible from Genesis to Revelation from cover to cover because mm. I got eight months I got time and that's when I got the revelation of who Jesus is, the divinity of Christ, for it was God in Christ reconciling the world back to himself.
2: Hmm.
1: He came to save which, that which is lost, that you might be saved. He's the sacrificial lamb. And he doesn't force you. He said, choose you this day who you're going to serve. You know, I, either you're going to go here or you're going to go there. You know, he he's uh, pro-life and pro-choice all at the same time
0: because mm-hmm. he don't
1: stop you from doing wrong no you know i'm saying you're just gonna reap what you sow
0: you got free will
1: you got free will that's the beautiful thing about it he can, he, he can make you a robot and make you serve him but he doesn't but he wishes you make that right decision so anyway i, I read the cover uh, read the bible from cover to cover march i got arrested i was released in, in march of no in, in november of 97 so from march to november and this time when I got released, I had the spiritual fortitude to resist those things that had me bound that were waiting for me this time. So instead of going, getting and going to the crack house, I went to the church house. Hmm. And that was my foundation today. And I'm living on that foundation today of, of, of reading. I was in there for eight months and I read. And now I had the strength, a new strength when I got released. And that was the mercy and grace of God that I experienced. I'm gonna tell, Let me tell you this. Within that five years from the time I received Christ until that last time I went to jail, man, I was in a motel. My thing, I had a little ritual that before I, if I got, if I got the crack, I always had to stop at the liquor store and get what I, got to get the alcohol, got to get the cigarettes, got to get the incense, got to get this, that, and the other. I take the dresser drawer and push it in front of the door, in case somebody, because remember the paranoia is there. Someone go kick in the door, whether yeah. it's police or somebody after you. Right. So if they kick it in, you know they're gonna hit the dresser,
2: yeah,
1: and uh, throw the take the bedspread, put it over the curtains so they wouldn't see the flame at night from lighting the flame, hitting the crack pipe. The towels out of the bathroom, put it by the door crack so the smoke wouldn't come. So it's this crazy ritual. There I am in the motel by myself, crack, porn. I'm a mess, I'm on the bed. It's the, the the room is a mess and I'm laying there. And I heard with crack on the table, pornography and all kinds of other stuff. I'm laying there by myself and I hear deep in my spirit, audibly, I love you. Hmm. I'm like, what? Now, this is between that five year period from when I received Christ and 97 when I got arrested for the last time. And I sober it sobered me up quick. Now I got crack and alcohol all over my system, sobered me up quick. And I said, I know I heard that. He said, I love you. And he was, and I firmly believed that it was God saying, I see your condition no matter what I love you and I know your heart I know you want out I know you're weak that's what it told me but I see I'm looking at your nakedness right now I got, got eyes on you on this bed naked with porn and crack and stuff up and I'm saying to you I love you yeah. and I sobered up and I stopped I didn't take another hit for several minutes I said man I heard that. And I, did, I was stunned. And I didn't know what to do. I didn't make a move. I just meditated on what I just heard. I didn't move. And sure, I don't even know how much time went by. And of course, like a dog that returns to his vomit, I went right back to doing what I was doing. Yeah. But it, But I know I heard and felt that. Yeah. And so finally, I got arrested for the last time in 97. So I had all these experiences. It was like God keeping me. There was times where I felt a bullet. I heard the bullet get so, it was so close that I heard it go by. A guy tried to, you know, knife me, to rob me. Um, I was about to be ambushed one time. Just so many, it's like God was keeping me the whole time from self-destructing or allowing other people to, to wipe me out, you know? Yeah,
0: Yeah.
1: Um, yeah. so I, it's, it's been an amazing journey and, um,
0: And you, you eventually moved to Connecticut uh, all the way over to the East coast to get away from the Bay, start over. And you eventually end up fulfilling your dream as a radio personality, a radio host and go figure on a Christian radio station.
1: (laughs) There you go. You know, it was like, God was saying when I, I got in the radio to be a smooth jazz radio host. And, and and it was like God was saying, You think you're gonna be a smooth jazz radio host? <laughs> if you only knew, son. After doing that eight months, last time in jail in '97 from March to November, I went to the church house, put myself in, they had a men's home there where it was uh, uh it, it was very, it was Christ centered. Uh it was very um, you know, you, you had a curfew. You had to be in church when the church services were there. So it was, it was the environment that I needed. You know, you always had to be in church. Uh, you had a curfew and that sort of thing. And I needed that environment. And so I did that. So i meet a woman in the church. She was from Connecticut. <laughs> this is my Connecticut connection. This is how I get out to Connecticut. So uh, we ended up getting married. And uh, we got married really quick. You know, like I I got released in November of 97. We were married like eight months later in July Mm. of 98. (laughs) And so here's the thing. This is my story, how I get out to Connecticut. So I got, everything's going good. I got a job, got a a child, got one on the way, but our relationship is not working. We find out that we're incompatible and we're miserable. And uh, I ended up after three years clean with her, long story short on this this end I backslide Mm -hmm. I go back in the crack after three years clean after having a 12-year run but it scared me and I cried like a baby because you know she had left and took my child somewhere and was living somewhere because you know she we were both miserable and she you know and I had a great job and she left and I remember going on the computer and I said, it was like a setup from the devil. And there was this, I'm checking my email. Now she's already gone. And there was this highlight of this one particular email in blue, I'll never forget it. Got all these emails. This one is highlighted in like fluorescent blue. And I clicked on it. What was it it opened up? A porn site. Hmm. And I'm miserable. She's gone. I see it. And so when I did porn, it always went hand in hand with crack, you know. It was all those two words together, crack and porn. So I'm like, and and I and that was my trigger. And I went out and bought some. Went to a hotel. I was gone for three days and go back to work. And when I came back home, she was back at the house. Cause mind you, I told you she had left with my child and was gone. But when I come home after a three day binge, not going to work, she was in the house. Right. And 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 she saw me, and she only knew of my stories from the past. She didn't experience this, so that jolted her, and it jolted like, wow, I didn't know this is gonna, what we're going through is gonna trigger your relapse. You know, I didn't either. So when I walked in the house, I remember I saw her in the living room. She was on the phone. I walked straight back to the room, and she came in the room, and I just started crying. I just mm. started bawling. She started bawling. I had three years clean, had a house, a mortgage, yeah. a baby, one on the way. My job, you know, everything is, you know. It was like climbing a high mountain and you fell off. And it scared me because I had tasted the goodness of the Lord. In fact, there is a scripture that says, Oh, taste and see that the Lord is good and blessed is the man that trusts in him. And I had experienced all that. Mm -hmm. I experienced favor in my job that I had. I was the highest paid guy that was doing the same type of work. Because I was driving a flatbed. I was doing AAA calls. But I was making more money than everybody else. You know, you get your hourly wage, but you had commission too. So I was, I, it was, I just felt the goodness of God, you know. And then when I relapsed, I cried like a baby. So now, you know, because we were talking about divorce before I relapsed, you know. And so now when I relapsed, it, it tripped her out. She's crying. I'm crying. I said, that's when I had the idea. All right, let's sell the house. Let's move to where you're from, clear cross country, and get a new start. Cause I was serious about my recovery. I got a child. See, when I was on that 12 year run, it was just me. I had no kids, no responsibility, just messing up myself. I got a child. He was one at the time. I got one on the way, she's pregnant. Let's sell the house. This is the house I grew up in. This is how serious I was about my recovery. Let's move across the country. Let me get away from my old stomping grounds where I did all my dirt. And, and that was in, and, uh, in 2002 and I've been here ever since. And so when I came back, my recovery, I would put myself in a program and thank God my recovery was only six months instead of 12 years. And I got back on track and uh, discovered the Connecticut School of Broadcasting, which is where I met you. Mm -hmm.
0: That's right.
1: And I discovered Christian Radio. They were hiring. 2006, I went through the Connecticut School of Broadcasting. I'm clean, got three years clean back on track again. And... After 2006, graduating, the next year, 2007, I'm at a radio station. Yeah. Part-time. And after a little over a year, I'm the weekday morning host full-time. And I've been here. I'm in my 13th year coming up this fall. Yeah. Okay, I got clean. I'd say 18 years clean now. Yeah. 18 years clean!
0: (laughs) Yeah, and I'll also say that You know, when you came to the Connecticut school, bro, I was an administrator. I was a teacher and and, kind of like a guidance counselor. And knowing the business, like I did, you beat the odds because normally someone of your age doesn't get a job. Mm. Usually it's a kid in their 20s. Right. You were around 40 at the time, if I'm not mistaken.
1: Well, let me do the
0: math.
1: Uh <laughs> 2006, 2007. Uh,
0: 40, 44 years old. 44 years old. Yeah, you get, you get a full-time job in radio at a Christian radio station. That is God's favor. That that's
1: You just hit me to that. I just realized, yeah, I was 44 years old.
0: That's <laughs> not it's it, it's not something you hear in the radio business. Yeah often and a lot of people came through that school i i you know i dealt with a lot of students and it's just rare jerry that someone in their 40s lands a full-time job and then they're there for as long as you've been and it just happens to be a christian radio station after you've been through what you've been through and have been saved and all that yeah and he's got you waking up with the sun
1: (laughs) yes i see the sun come up I love the commute. I have no traffic. I'm up so early that I don't, you know, experience the traffic gridlock. Uh, It's just a smooth shot unless there's road work. My alarm clock goes off at 2.45 in the morning. I have three to go off. In case I don't wake up at 2.45, I have another one go off at 3. If I miss that, I got another one go off at 3.15. So I'll try to be on the road by 3.30 to be there by 4. The shift starts at 4.30 to 9. Then i do production work after that, cause I do a lot of interviews. I'm all over, I'm the out and about guy. There's three of us that do interviews and I'm the one that goes out and about. The other two does interviews uh, either at the station or by phone. I'm the boots on the ground guy. I, I've done interviews from California to Maryland, you know. So it's fun. It's a labor of love. Like I said, I, I got into radio to be a smooth jazz radio host but God knows the end from the beginning. Yeah. And I just I just chuckled because I'm thinking God must have said, you know what, you think you're going to be a smooth jazz radio <laughs> host. <laughs> you have a journey to be on, my son, and I'm going to keep you through all this, through all your, your flaws and your mistakes and your ups and downs, because I know your heart. You know, I, I, I didn't want to be in that world, but I was weak, man. I was weak, and as is all of those people that are in it. And I used to marvel, when I'd be in a crack house, I used to just look at the people's faces and look at what they're doing. I used to always wonder, does anybody feel like I do want out of this enslavement or am I the only one? Yes, I'm caught, I I like what I'm doing, sort of. It's weird, but but I know it's wrong and I know I need to get out. Does anybody feel as strongly about me like wanting to get out of this slavery? And so I just used to look around and be observant, you know, in my paranoid state. But at the same time, pass me the pipe. You know what I mean? Yeah. And, oh, we're out. Got to go get something more. The more, the longest I ever stayed up without sleep was six days. Wow. In a motel. And I woke up. They had put me. I, w- I woke up on the bal- second floor balcony with my clothes and bags next to me. They had pulled me. I don't even remember being pulled out. I just remember waking up on my back. And then a lot of times you you you're wondering what motel am I in, what city am? You have to grab your bearings. Okay, where was I last? Sometimes you wake up, or you come out of a you're like, "What city? You, it's, it's, you're in a fog." Yeah. Six days without eating, and just cracking, wow. until you're passed out. You passed out because you ran out of drugs, and finally you passed out. I don't know who pulled me out. Maybe the guy. I don't know. But six days, and I didn't die.
0: Yeah, man. You're, you're here and and your story is inspirational in, in so many different ways. The troubles that you go through now or let's just say the last few years or whatever yeah. must be so small in comparison to what you've been through in your 20s and 30s.
1: Kind of like taking off ankle weights, right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, uh, you know, there, we still have our challenge, even though I don't have that, those issues now. There's always going to be issues in life because we're in a fallen world. You know, there's always new challenges and things you have to overcome. That was obviously a big thing in my life I had to overcome, you know, by the power of God. But there's always, there's still even things now that you have to overcome. You know what I mean? So it's like being in school. Okay, you you, you got over that. Now you got you to pass this test and this test. And this, you know what I mean? You're constantly getting yourself better. You know, uh, all right, you have a problem with this. Now it's working on self. That's, you know, you know about that. Working on self. Mm. All right, you got to recognize, you got to be honest with yourself and say, all right, you no longer do this, but you got an issue with that. (laughs) You know, whether it's, I don't know, eating too much or anger or dishonesty, something. You know what I mean? It's always something you got to work on with yourself. And um, what helps me uh, to get through things is that I do have a healthy, I do have a healthy diet of eating and drinking God's word. You know, Mm. I sleep with my Bible. That's my bed partner right next to me. It's not on my nightstand. It's literally in the bed with me. Mm. And uh, when I'm at work, you know, on the radio, it's on the counter, open, you know, so I'm always taking bites. You know, it's, 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 it's the real soul food. Now I'm black. I know about soul food, but this is the real soul food. <laughs> I mean, God's word. That's food for the soul. You see what I'm saying? Yeah. So I like to drink the, it's living water and it's what keeps me. I know everything else is sinking sand, you know, what the world has to offer, you know, in Christ is where it's at, man. And I, 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 I what came to me recently, I said, you know, I want to help make being in Christ cool. You know, because sometimes that, that's a turnoff to some people, you know, what, you know, yeah, uh, it, it throws, a, it puts a damper on your lifestyle. But being in Christ, I'm telling you, is the best invest, investment on planet Earth
2: because
1: hmm. it don't, it just don't take you to be uh, fruitful on Earth and, and blessed on Earth. It takes you, gives you that and beyond.
2: Hmm. It
1: takes you beyond Earth because the Bible says to be absent from the body is to be present with the Lord once you die. You see what I'm saying? So you you got a window of opportunity while you're on this, because tomorrow's not promised. You got a window of opportunity because you're dying because of the fall. Because of the fall. That's why we're dying. That's why there's violence. That's why there's debauchery and sin and perversion and, and, and sexual devious. Just all these things. It's because of the fall. I just want to circle back to the book of Romans. The reason why the book of Romans is dear to my heart because it uh, not only God drove me into his kingdom and 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 unto salvation through that particular book but is the wisdom and the knowledge that i gained from that book about myself because i was talking about how i was living a you know perverted debauched lustful uh, criminal laden lifestyle and then I went to the book of Romans, and this is where you find stuff like this. And, and I want to just share this for people who have not heard this. Maybe this your only time. Okay. But uh, this is where you find right in the first chapter. For it is the power of God to salvation. The gospel of Christ is the power of God to salvation. Chapter one. For the wrath of God is revealed from heaven against all ungodliness, and unrighteousness of men who suppress the truth in unrighteousness. For since the creation of the world, his invisible attributes are clearly seen, being understood by the things that are made, even his eternal power and Godhead, so that they are without excuse. Because although they knew God, they did not glorify him as God, nor were thankful but became futile in their thoughts and their foolish hearts were darkened. Professing to be wise, they became fools. This is all just hidden me. Pow, pow, pow. Mm. Therefore God, listen to this. Therefore God has also gave them up to uncleanness in the lust of their hearts to dishonor their bodies among themselves who exchanged the truth of God for the lie and worshiped and served the creature rather than the creator who is blessed forever hmm. for this reason god gave them up to vile passions for even their women exchanged the natural use for what is against nature likewise also the men leaving the natural use of the women burned in their lust for one another men with men committing what is shameful And receiving in themselves the penalty of their error, which was due. Now I'm reading this and I'm like, man, I'm thinking about my lifestyle and all the things that I've done. And I had never read this before. It was so impactful. And it was explaining to me what was happening and how God was so um, displeased Hmm. and to say the least. But he knew that we were out of order. And he was explaining, you guys are out of order. Hey, you, when you do these things, you're, 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 you're uh, heaping up wrath and disease and darkness unto yourself, which is what the enemy of our souls want us to do, the yeah. devil. And so, and it goes on. And even as they did not like to retain God in their knowledge, God gave them over to a debased mind. To do those things which are not fitting. I'm like, whoa! Being filled with all unrighteousness, sexual immorality, wickedness, covetousness, maliciousness, full of envy, murder, strife, deceit, evil mindedness, they are whisperers, backbiters, haters of God, violent, proud, boasters, inventors of evil things, disobedience to parents undiscerning, untrustworthy. I'm like reading this for the first time and blown away. It says unloving, unforgiving, unmerciful. Who knowing the righteous judgment of God that those who practice such things are deserving of death, not only do the same, but also approve of those who practice them. But in accordance with your hardness and your impotent heart, you are treasuring up for yourself wrath in the day of wrath. And revelation of the righteous judgment of God who will render to each one according to his deeds. But to those who are self-seeking and do not obey the truth, but obey unrighteousness, indignation, and wrath, tribulation and anguish on every soul of man who does evil. So I'm reading these things. That's just the first, that's what you'll find in the first chapter of Romans and God had my attention when I was reading those things. And of course, when you get to the 10th chapter, as I read before, that's where you'll find if you, but if you confess with your mouth, the Lord Jesus and believe in your heart, God has raised him from the the dead, you shall be saved. And then of course, in another book in the, uh, you'll read, you know, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whosoever believe on him shall not perish, but have everlasting life. So anyway, um that's why the book of romans was so impactful to me it just i just learned so much about the sin nature right and we talk about and what was happening on the inside of me there's other scriptures in there about we don't have time right now but you'll you'll find uh, other scriptures where it's talking about the, the 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 spirit is willing but the flesh is weak and there's a war on the inside of you between the flesh and the spirit and, and man it's, it's amazing and um we're talking about the rona virus, which has a 90 high 90 percent survival rate mm-hmm. that virus but there's one virus i call the granddaddy of virus that has a zero percent survival rate and that's the sin virus mm. that the mainstream media don't want to talk about you see what i'm saying but God gave us a lifeline in Christ Jesus, for it was God in Christ reconciling the world back to Himself. So, who, all those who are uh, uh, followers and believers in Christ and have received Him as Lord and Savior, that's like your vaccine. Wow. <laughs> that's your vaccine, the Jesus vaccine, <laughs> no one has a, a, a survives the sin virus. Everyone dies. There is a lifeline, a vaccine where you can live eternally, and that's through Christ Jesus. And I'm Jerry Williams, and I'll prove this message. That's all I <laughs> want to say you. Really. Yes, y'all.
0: And, and, and Jerry, before I let you go, I mean, look, yeah. not too long ago I mentioned how e- e- even when things go awry, you, you still have this positive attitude, and you still, you know, you get through with a smile and a laugh and some jokes. Yeah. And uh, that's very inspiring. But just today, your car almost blew up. So, (laughs) I mean, you sent me a video
1: of your car on fire. Yes.
0: And here you are still positive. So
1: (laughs) in the midst of the soul food, the word of God, there's a scripture that says, oh, taste and see that the Lord is good and blessed is the man that trusts in him And the reason why I could be so upbeat in the midst of my trials and tribulations and hardships and pains and suffering because I've tasted the goodness of God. Mm. And yes, going back to the car thing just this morning. Yeah, I, woo, uh, I sent you a picture. My car caught fire on the highway this morning. Four hours ago, I don't know, Mm. it it was, I was on the road at about seven something in the morning. Right now it's in the afternoon. I'm in route to Home Depot.
2: Yeah.
1: And I'm just driving along, and all of a sudden, you know, you look in your rearview mirror. You see, uh, just to check out things, you know, see what's happening. I don't have the radio on. I'm driving in silence. It's good to drive in silence, you guys. Go on mm-hmm. a, a technology and a and a sound fast sometimes. Driving your car in silence sometimes. So that's when things come to you. And just envelop yourself in the natural sounds. Oftentimes, mm-hmm. don't always be plugged into artificial sounds. Get in tuned with your with nature and your natural uh Humanness, you know, God can speak to you then. Ideas come to you then. You'd be surprised. It's going to sound fast sometimes. not always drive in the car with sound being piped in your ear gates all the time. So I look in the rearview mirror. I see smoke. <laughs> oh, let me pull the car over. I pull the car over. Now I see the smoke coming out of the hood. Huh. I prayerfully going lift up the hood. Oxygen hit. Oof! <laughs> <Fire>! <laughs> My God! <sense> you know. So I run about <laughs> a hundred feet from the car because I don't know if it's gonna blow. You know what right. I mean? I, I know, you know, it's not by the gas tank, thank God, but still, I don't know if it's gonna blow. So, I'll, and 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 here's the thing: everything was happening so fast. A truck driver pulled over, his truck came running up toward me with his fire extinguisher. Poosh! He only had a little left. He said, "But it was just enough to put the fire out." Yeah. And uh, so that was that. So this is Friday. Well, here's the backstory. Just the previous Friday, my Mazda broke down on the highway. It wasn't a car fire. It just broke down, clutch went out. So that was last Friday. This Tuesday, then Tuesday, because DMV is closed on a Monday, Tuesday, I registered a car that I had got for my son. A few months ago, that's been sitting an hour and and 10 minutes away in Rhode Island. We're in Connecticut. uh, But it was sitting until he got his driver's license. So I said, you know what? That's my ram in the bush. That's a biblical term. Uh, That's my backup. I think I'll register his vehicle that I got for him since it's not being used because he doesn't have his license yet. I'll register that vehicle and drive it until I get another vehicle. That was Tuesday. Here it is Friday, three days later. Boom. Boom. Catches fire. So on Friday, I lose my car, the Mazda. Today, Friday, a week later, I lose the stop, my son's car. But here's the testimony. When you're in Christ, so I I call a brother in the Lord to come pick me up. Brother, my car's on fire. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, I got state police out here. I got fire trucks. And they need, I call AAA. I need you to come get me. So he comes get me, take all my stuff out of the car, put it in his car. And while I'm sitting there in his car, I get a text from one of the board of directors uh, from the radio station that I work in. Jerry, I need you to call me about your car issues because news is spreading, right? So I said, oh, okay. So I, I didn't answer the text. I said, I answered the text. I said, I'll call you when I get to the house. I'm literally in the car waiting to be, you know, driven off the highway. So I get to the house and the brother dropped me off. I go in the house within a half hour. I get a phone call. Now, here's another backstory. Last Saturday, I was supposed to speak in Southington, Connecticut at this event. Yeah. Well, I called Friday because the day before to cancel because my car broke down, right? But Mazda, yeah. I knew I was supposed to speak. Saturday, which was last Saturday, at this event, I called the coordinator. I, hey, brother, my car broke down. I'm sorry. I won't be able to make it. That was that. So some people, he made an announcement that I didn't know about. Jerry Williams was supposed to speak here. I wasn't just, I was a keynote speaker. I was just one of the speakers. Jerry was supposed to speak here from WHS Radio. He won't be able to make it. His car broke down. So there was somebody, a couple people, there was a lady in the audience that knew about me that heard that announcement so fast forward to today I get home a half hour later after I get home from the car fire she calls me and says I heard about your car from last week Yeah. and the Lord put me on your heart all week to call you I'm on a walker I have a car and I just want to be obedient to the Lord the Lord said to transfer my car to you I have a 2017 car what? That the with only fifty something thousand miles on it, the Lord told me to give it to you. Wow! I've tasted many over the years since I've been saved. Many things. That's why I'm joyful in the storm because <laughs> I know God will take care of you. He moves to the heart of His people, and circumstances and things will happen. Wow. You know, it's always to be good to be because God always pictures. Keep this in mind, Dub. God is always watching my reaction. Always keep that in mind. God is always watching your reaction and what you do. He lets you do things. God is both pro-life and pro-choice.
0: Yeah. <laughs> so you, yeah, I mean, the car that just broke down and lit on fire, That that's an older vehicle.
1: Yes, an O2. So I go from an O2 02 to 2017. Like that. And when I leave off of this Zoom, that's where I'm going. A brother's supposed to meet me. What time you got right now?
0: 12.22.
1: At 12.30 in eight minutes, I'm supposed to meet a brother outside to take me to where the car is to get it. <laughs> in eight minutes! You got to go. <laughs> Probably, yes! <Eight laughs> minutes, Dougie Fresh, you're on. Actually, six minutes, Dougie Fresh, on, right? But so... Uh, Here's all the right. thing about that too is that my head is swimming because God is good. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? And, and 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 there was someone that said, "Listen, as a gift offering, I'm going to give you $750." From one person said that because of your hardship. And then someone's going to give me a car. That's all within an hour from the car
0: being on fire
1: on fire. That's the goodness of God. When you're a conduit of God's truth, when you're a child of God, God will take care of you. Now he'll let you go through things. You're going to experience highs and lows just like everybody else. But it's something about being in Christ that makes a difference, man. You know, it's, it's a beautiful journey. Then most of all, your salvation, your eternal destiny is set, but he'll give you favor here on earth. And the desires of your heart, and just it's a if you walk right. So uh, I could go on and on and on, but it's probably six minutes about now.
0: Yeah. Jerry, where can people listen to you on the radio before I let you go?
1: Weekday mornings, Monday through Friday, four thirty a.m. to nine Eastern Standard Time. Uh, you can listen. Online at whsradio.org around the world. If you're local in the Hartford County, Hartford, Connecticut County, 104.9 FM, WHS, your station for hope and encouragement. Shining the light of Christ throughout Connecticut and the world.
0: All right, Jerry. Thank you for joining me, man.
1: Peace, Dub.
0: Thanks for listening to Inner Peace with Dr.
1: Reese. If this episode opened your heart, feel free to share on social media and tell your loved ones. Also, be sure to subscribe so you never miss an episode. Until next time, may peace be with you.